What is up, Pistons fans? Welcome to another episode, another installment of the Three Rings podcast. My name is Vinayak Swaroop. I'm joined by my co-host Aiden Mulcrone and Neil Sinha, and we are going to be covering this basketball team that is, quite frankly, unwatchable, but because we care so much about Detroit sports, we, we put ourselves through this misery and we watch this basketball team. But Aiden and Neil, how are y'all doing? Yeah. Just want to let every remember let to uh, like and subscribe, uh, to and follow us on the socials at Three Rings Pod or Three Rings Podcast. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was just gonna say, dude, if you've been watching these games, like props to you, because let me say they're just they're hard to watch, man. This team is like, for lack of better words, just trash. Honestly, it's like. So it's been it's been tough to watch, but I mean I think all three of us have been keeping up with them um, decently well. So yeah. So making the team even more they they're already pretty bad right now, but now this team is going to go to another level of unwatchable as Kay Cunningham now enters the COVID protocols, and I wonder more so if there's like going to be other players that are going to soon enter the protocols. We don't know as the time we're recording this episode, but with Kay Cunningham out. How does that how does that impact the team? What would you guys how do you guys think Kay Cunningham his presence is he is the team at this point? So like how do you guys think he impacts the team? Well, they might lose by 50 in the next few games. Like like genuinely. I mean, Cade was the only like player keeping this team together since they lost uh Jeremy Grant a few weeks ago. Um I mean, he's the only sign of life for the franchise right now. Because without Cade, I mean, they're going to be starting, what, Corey Joseph, um, Hamadou Diallo, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and then um, I don't even know who they'll go to at the four. But, yeah, it's just – it's going to be bad, bad lineups. Hopefully Killian Hayes, I mean, he'll get his opportunities in the next week or so, and hopefully he takes advantage of them. But I don't even – I don't know if that will happen either. So – yeah, it's going to be very, very hard to watch. The offense is going to be awful because Cade was the only shot creator as of recently with, with Jeremy out. And so, yeah, I mean, I, there's honestly not much else to say. They just – they need to get healthy, man. They need Jeremy Grant, and then they need uh, Kelly Olenek back too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. With Jeremy and Cade out, we, we should do a giveaway. We should give out – I don't know. We should give out a shitload of money if they score a hundred points. Cause I don't see where they're scoring a hundred points. Like, like who Frank Jackson's going to average 30 a game. Like Bro, I'd be shocked if they score 80, like honestly, right. like seriously, we should, we should be celebrating if they score a hundred points, even if they lose by 50. Like, I, I just don't know where this team is going to get any offense and yeah, like Olenek, Grant, and Cade out, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be miserable. And like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're still Killian, so there is like a little bit of like young side to look at. But I don't know, Sadiq Bay has, I don't know, I don't want to say he's found his rhythm again, but he he's been trending a little bit upwards but he still doesn't look like what he did last year. So I don't know. It, it's just going to be really rough. 
I will say though, like in these moments when like everyone is out, you'll finally kind of get to see like who are the pieces that could be long-term players. I, I, I like to think that most of the players besides like Kate Cunningham aren't going to really be, aren't going to be on the Pistons or I don't really see them having major roles once the Pistons are ready to compete. That's just me. So I guess the, on the bright side, like you can finally give these players, like it's like their chance. It's like a, they're like in the G league and they kind of just prove themselves. So uh, Saban Lee has been playing quite well in the minutes that he's got. So he's going to probably be, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be starting. They may go uh, Corey Joseph killing Hayes, but he's going to get significant minutes. So it'll be his chance to shine. Maybe Adiallo starts scoring a little bit more because now Cade's not there. They need someone to score. So by virtue, Diallo could start scoring. Maybe Sadiq Bey has, I don't know, finally starts making layups. I don't know if that's he's he has gotten better though. I do think the headband Sadiq is definitely a Sadiq Bey that is is quite fun to watch. But um he's really struggled a lot. I know he's trying to do all these different things with his with his game and he's like trying to take mid-range shots and stuff, but um it's still been a struggle. Maybe, and hopefully they'll finally use Isaiah Stewart in a four role. I think this has also been one of the more frustrating standpoints. And this kind of gets into our next topic on like the basketball itself on the Pistons and like what's wrong with the team. So with Isaiah Stewart, my main problem is that like, I mean, we know he's undersized. He can't, can't really rebound. I mean, he can rebound. He can only do so much as a five. And it just feels like he's just been sapped of like, his response, I feel like he had so many more responsibilities last year. I know, like, technically doesn't look like he did, but he was, he, I feel like he had more freedom last year. Like, he, he was shooting the ball. I don't know if something happened in the confidence or they're just telling him not to shoot because they want him to play under the basket. But you can see Isaiah Stewart every time he gets the ball. He's not going to shoot a three unless the shot clock is running out. And then that's just the aspect of his game that's gone. And you take that away, and then at best you just have, like, an aggressive center who's, like, on the bench, like I, I would, I would think of him as, as like a five, like a five who comes off the bench, provides like a spark of energy, then goes back to the bench, like a Jason Maxiel type. Instead of like, I know people want to throw the Ben Wallace comparison, but like, if you're not gonna let him shoot, or if he's not gonna shoot, then it's just like, you know, what are we doing? But um, other than those players, what are some other like from the basketball side? What are some things that you guys have noticed and think that is like that the Pistons need to fix, or something that this is wrong with this team and the way it's built? I mean, I kind of, I just think that they're not really built to play together. Um, like the Pistons, in my opinion, I think they have some solid like role players and some solid young players and young pieces, but they're just not like fit to play together. And I mean, we've been saying this since the off season with Cade and Killian, Cade and Sadiq and everybody, but you know, I just, I don't think as currently constructed, these guys can play together because yeah, I mean, I know you just touched on <clears throat> Isaiah Stewart, but, like, I don't know what they've done with the way that he plays and, in general, their offensive game plan, but Isaiah Stewart's only form of offense is pick and rolls pretty much, and they don't do pick and rolls anymore. And he's he's been solid in pick and rolls. Last year, That he was pretty solid in that. Um, and Killian's a good pick and roll ball handler, and same thing with Cade Cunningham. And so I still don't understand why they don't, utilize um you know that in the offensive game plan and I, I know that's something that I've talked about before too but yeah I don't know and then Sadiq I mean we've talked about this over and over uh with Sadiq but he's just he's been trying to 
add a lot more to his game, which I respect because, you know, he doesn't want to just be a three and D player, um, which by the way, three and D players are very successful in the NBA. So if he wanted to just say, you know what, I'm just going to shoot and work on my perimeter defense. I mean, half the NBA would love him for it. Um, and he'd certainly get some good contracts and some very good roles with teams, but he's been trying to expand his game and, that's really killed him a little bit because his three-point shooting has just dipped tremendously. But headband Sadiq, like you're saying, and I, is just another level, man. I mean, he's averaging like, I think he's played four games since wearing the headband and he's averaging like 25 or something. Like, so headband Sadiq's got to stay and he's just got to focus more on the shooting the threes and so on. And then from there, listen, I just think with guys like Corey Joseph, Trey Lyles, you know, those vets, um, let's be honest, they're not going to be on this team for longer than another year at best. I mean, frankly, I kind of hope they're not on the team for another year. And so with guys like that, it's just about putting the correct pieces with them because they have severe deficiencies with the way that they play. Like Corey Joseph, he cannot shoot threes. He's not explosive at all. He's a solid playmaker, but that's all he can do offensively. He can't shoot threes. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen a wide open Corey Joseph behind the arc just clank a three off the rim. So, you know, I think they just need to play to each other's strengths, and that's not what they're doing. And you could blame that on Dwayne Casey. You can blame that on the players maybe too. Um, but, yeah, I think in general the Pistons didn't even have much to work with, but they've looked even worse this season. Yeah, and you talked about, like, the pick-and-roll game and just, like, the chemistry. You just see guys, like, they'll do, like, four, they'll do, like, spread, like, spacing. They'll have four guys on the perimeter, and they'll have, like, Trey Lyles or Isaiah Stewart. And then some dude will drive, like, right into Trey Lyles. Like, he just drives the ball right into him, and you, then you lose all the spacing. And then they make a bunch of like jump passes and like they make a bunch of skip passes that like lead to bad shots or just to like random turnovers. And it's just, it's just weird. And I don't know if that falls on Dwayne Casey, which I think it's starting to now because he hasn't fixed it yet. But I don't, I just don't understand like, is that the play calling? Is that like, just them like playing iso ball it just the chemistry is just very random and it's very out of control and if they win a game with jeremy grant and Cade cunningham out it's gonna be because they went 25 for 40 from behind the arc and it's because they had less than 10, 10 turnovers. They just – I just don't see them doing anything. They just don't do anything well. <laughs> it's just it, – it's hard, it's, hard it's hard to give compliments to this team because they don't really do much well. And as, as a unit, they're pretty bad. But individually, you do see, like, Cade making plays. You do see Sadiq getting a little bit better but yeah there's there's nothing there's nothing nice to say about the front court though there is that's really all I have to say is that this front court is bad 
And part of it is their fault and part of it isn't just because, like you said, Isaiah Stewart might be playing a little bit out of place. But also at the same time, he's got to adjust to it. And he's been playing the five for two years now or like a year and a half. So, like, you just got to adjust to it and figure it out because that's what that, – that's the deal right now uh, until things change, which it doesn't look like they are for at least the next year unless they make a trade late. Um, yeah, you just got to figure that out. Yeah, and can I just add with that, by the way um, – I'm not going to blame Troy Weaver for this current roster because, like I said, we all knew that they were going to be bad. But, like, this team has been way, way worse than I think even we expected. And I think all of us were saying that they would probably be 14th, maybe 13th in the East. But they've been way worse than that. I mean, they're not only are they dead last in the NBA, the only team they're close with is the Magic, and they're like a game off of them. But from there – they're like five, six games away from the Pacers, the Pelicans, the Rockets, and so on. Like this team is just so, so bad. And it's gotten so bad, like we've been saying, that it's just unwatchable. And in my opinion, that's just because, like I've said, these guys cannot play together. They're The way that their play styles and everything, it just doesn't mesh well together. And so I do think that falls a little bit on the front office Um, and Troy Weaver, because he's the one who constructed the team. And I get that, listen, we've all been asking for, you know, a full rebuild and frankly tanking to go after the top picks and so on. And so I respect that. But at the same time, the team needs to at least be like a little watchable and a little little, um, exciting because then there's the other issue of like, if this gets even worse than it already has been, which has been awful, I mean, what do you say to Cade Cunningham and say to him about the future of the franchise and trying to convince him to stay? Because if they continue playing this bad and then next year they don't really get much better, I mean, I, I know that Cade's a loyal guy, but for all we know, we could see a Zion Williamson type of storyline of him wanting to force his way out of New Orleans, but this time with Cade in Detroit. So, you know, they got to figure it out. And I think Troy Weaver over the offseason is going to have a lot of work to do. And hopefully he'll be able to work with the top pick, um, assuming that they get a little lucky in the lottery, too. Um, But one I was going to ask you guys a question, though. And I think we've asked this. We probably answered this like, I don't know, two, three months ago. But do you guys generally think there's a player other than Kate Cunningham and maybe Jeremy Graham? But even Jeremy's probably going to get traded, which we'll get into later. But is there a player on this team other than those two? And also get rid of Kelly Olenek, too. Um, that you generally see being on the team three years from now? So that's a pretty tough question. I would say some of these players may be on the team three years from now just by virtue of – as far as earned it, probably not. I don't think any of these players have, like, truly showed to me that they deserve a spot, I would say. That's a tough – I would say tough. Sadiq. Sadiq probably. Has, yeah. But I, mean, I think a much reduced role. I don't think he'd be – he doesn't have the green light that he would have he has currently, for sure. Yeah, I would say Sadiq and probably – I think I think Killian will eventually understand his role in the NBA is not a starter. 
So I think him being like a backup point guard, probably in the role that like you see, I don't know, in ter- in terms of minutes wise, like you see probably like Hamadou Diallo where, or like before everyone got hurt where he's getting like 10, 12 minutes a game and, you know, probably coming on like at the end of the first quarter, like start of the second quarter, maybe a little bit in the third, like reduce minutes but yeah I I see both of those guys staying on just because they're young and I think you could get Killian still on like a cheap contract for his second contract and I think Sadiq he'll probably cost a little bit more but I don't think that much because I do think the Pistons value him more than any other team in the league right now um but yeah those are kind of the two guys I don't know. I think I think guys that are gone for sure, like, next year are probably – well, like, here, let me ask that question. Who do you think is gone, like, even next year? I would say for the vets, Trey – this is actually going to be, like, a little one-minute rant on Trey Lyles. He needs to get out of Detroit. Uh, he may be the worst. Now, people are going to come at me, and then some people are going to be, oh, Trey Lyles had 13 points against the Knicks. So, no, he hit a three. If you watch him play, he may be one of the worst basketball players you've ever seen. Like, the dude comes to Detroit to shoot the ball. That's what they're saying. He comes to shoot the ball. But for some reason, every time he gets the ball, he's allergic He's allergic to shooting. He just pump fakes. And then no one's scared of Trey Lyles off the dribble. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen this man in the Houston game. So I was in the Houston game in person. The fans were literally booing Trey Lyles because the man just pump fakes every time and he just goes in the paint. And what happens? Turnover. Obviously, because he can't dribble. So it's just like, I think they need to upgrade the veterans. So Trey Lyles is gone. I think Josh Jackson is gone. I think, I think Josh Jackson for sure is gone. I would be, I think, uh, Roddy Magruder is probably gone. I think. Please get Rodney Magruder out of there. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Taking up a roster spot. I think Corey, Corey Joseph may stay, still stay because he, I don't know. Tori Weaver is kind of weird in the sense he likes his veterans and I respect that. I just hope they upgrade their veterans, but young next year, I think I would, I would be surprised. I'd be interested to see how they handle Diallo so Diallo and Frank Jackson, Saban Lee. So those three players have team options on their contract. And it'll be interesting to see the Pistons accept. I think Frank Jackson has earned himself an accept, I think, as a bench scorer. I think Diallo has kind of earned it. I mean, I still – the shot isn't there. We know how many Diallo – his shot isn't there. and But he's still very athletic. He can still He can still provide some minutes off the bench. I think Saban Lee has actually earned it. And this kind of is going to get into a question I was going to ask you guys. Um, like, or Aiden, you were mentioning that Killian Hayes is going to stay in the team. I think Saban Lee has played better than Killian Hayes. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe that Saban Lee has played better. Like, in terms of what they offer, and this kind of gets into this thing, if you guys think this is a personal opinion of mine. I don't think, Aiden, you mentioned it. I don't think Killian Hayes should be starting at the moment. I just... His offense, the problem is, like, it was okay when Jeremy Grant was there because at least Jeremy could score. But now you're putting yourself in a position where you don't – you have two – so Diallo can't really score unless if he's, like, dunking the ball or just jumping in the paint. Just jumping in the paint, right? And you put Killian who can't score. So, for example, in the Pacers game, 
he's he's doing the old Tony Snell. He's of course he's playing defense, but he's the zero zero zeros. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like two points, 29 minutes, one for three from the field. Like you can't you I just don't see it like like it's cool. I get you're young and all, but just like Cade shoots the ball. Like you can just see the difference in like like the confidence. Like Cade shoots the ball even if he's cold. Killian just is allergic to it. And it's just like that type of player is useful, I guess, in the sense, maybe off the bench or something. Maybe if you're going to be like a Ricky Rubio type, people allude to Lonzo ball a lot, but like even Lonzo was showing some more, like the, the flashes with Killian I've seen this season, like relatively rare. I would say, I would say there's only been like two games where I'm like, Oh, Killian made an impact on the game. But um, that's actually a question. What do you guys think? You guys think Killian should be starting nowadays or do you think, uh, he should get to the bench. Well, all right. So here's my thing. Who starts in his place if you're saying that Killian goes to the bench? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Because I don't think he starts like two years from now. But right yeah. now, I don't I don't see who would start over him. Like, who are you going to put Corey Joseph? Bro, because exactly, mean, when Killian's hurt has been Corey Joseph. And that – lineup is so bad with Corey Joseph and Cade in the backcourt and it hinders Cade's play too like the one thing I'll say about Killian is that he's started to play better with Cade Cunningham on the court and I think he has kind of like developed Cade's game a little bit he's helped him a little bit and freed him up um, with some of the passes that he's been making but my thing is like if you if you're not starting Killian you know, you're starting Corey Joseph, and that's not a good replacement, in my opinion. Um, and then maybe, I guess, you could say Saban Lee, but I don't think Saban Lee would play well at all with Cade Cunningham. Um, and in general, I mean, you guys know I'm not really a Saban Lee fan. So, <laughs> man, I, I don't know. That's just me, though. I would say to, I would say maybe. So, from my perspective, I'm thinking, like, someone like Frank. I know Frank Jackson's, like, a bench player, but this team just needs, like, offense they they the defense is a concern and like uh in the Rockets game their defense got torched but like the team needs off they're they're shooting like we we're talking about it they're shooting like a college team at times like and this has been brought up I don't, I don't know if it's the new basketballs or like the switch to Wilson but they're they're shooting pretty they're shooting bad and they don't make many shots like any offense they can get so I was thinking Frank even Corey Joseph I know Corey Joseph is pretty annoying in the Knicks game he played quite well he was quite efficient he was hitting his threes but um yeah honestly this is this kind of can get into like one of the next segments is just like if you can't find a replacement for Killian do you maybe make a trade to get that dude so this kind of gets into the next topic about Jeremy Grant like is he a potential trade piece to get someone to, to replace like one name that comes up a lot is Portland Portland has been showing a lot of interest and a player that comes up is like Anfrey Simons from or if Simmons, I don't know how, I think it's Simons, but Simons. No, it's, it's Simons, Simons, a player like that from Portland would provide a lot more scoring for the Pistons and they, they need scoring. But um, on that note, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Jeremy Grant. So the Pistons, I don't think they're actively shopping him, but they are known. They they've been known to exploring, they're exploring trades and they're open to the possibility if someone provides the right offer. So given where the team's at, the circumstances, do you guys trade Jeremy Grant? What would you guys do if you were the, if you were Troy Weaver? Uh, are they getting a center? That that's my one question. They need a center. 
I don't care whoever else they get. If they if they trade with Portland and get Anthony Simons, like that's fine. But you gotta get someone with him. You gotta. I I don't know who. I don't think they they'd be willing to uh, trade Nurkic, and I I don't know who they're like. I guess like Zach Collins, but Zach Collins is hurt and he's always been hurt. So I, I don't know who you would get from that. Maybe you do like a three-way trade. But yeah, you got to get a center out of this because I do think that if you add another guard, it's just going to be – it just it's just adding to the log jam, especially if you're trading Jeremy and you're not trading one of like Frank Jackson, Killian, like any of those guys, like even just dumping like Rodney Magruder. Like you got it. You got to get a big man and like to even that out. So I don't know. I think I think uh, a team to look at is probably Boston. Boston. Boston looks like they're trying to get some better players because they just they just signed uh, Joe Johnson. I'm pretty sure. Like they they are desperate. They're they're signing like 40 year olds right now. Um. So yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, so the first thing I'll say is that uh, the reports that I saw about the Jeremy Grant stuff was that I forget, I think it was like Mark Spears maybe. Um, But basically like at least 12 teams are calling the Pistons every single week to see the availability of Jeremy Grant. And so, and the Pistons have stated that they're clearly um, interested and actively looking for trades, I think is what the report said. So I think this is very likely to happen. And I think the Pistons, they're, they're, there's a small criteria of like what they need to get out of that possible trade, which is that, you know, I think they need to get a draft pick out of it. I think that would be very helpful. Um, if they can get a young player too, that would be helpful. And then like you guys have been saying, a center or a big man in general. And so, um, yeah, I think I've been looking at quite a few trades. Um, I think guys like Jackson Hayes and the Pelicans have been mentioned. Um, I know you guys said Nurkic, too, with Portland. Um, a name that I throw out there that I think would make a lot of sense is Miles Turner with the Pacers. And the Pacers have been trying to blow up that team. Like, there's been a lot of reports out there that, that they want to completely go full-scale rebuild, which they should, by the way. Um, tell me, Chris Duarte. They, you're telling me Chris Duarte isn't isn't uh putting them uh <laughs> putting them up the <laughs> Chris, Chris Duarte with his first five games of the season that everyone claimed him as rookie of the year. The rookie, the rookie who's 23 or 24 years old. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I mean the Pacers need to go rebuild, and that's what all signs have been pointing to. And they've always had that issue of the front court of Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis and the way that those two play or, or well don't play well together. And so I think Miles Turner would make a lot of sense. I mean, he's only like 25, 26 years old. Um, he's a fantastic rim defender, which by the way, the Pistons have been missing a lot because Isaiah Stewart, I mean, he's a solid defender, but he just he can't get up there. And so uh, Miles Turner would be big time. I think he's averaging like three blocks a game. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But he's also he's um, expanded his shooting too. I mean, Miles Turner has become a solid three point shooter. So I just think a guy like that makes perfect sense for the Pistons. You know, you get a 
relatively young player at, at a position of need that they, you know, really, really do need at center. And then Isaiah Stewart can be the backup and try to get better in that role. And hopefully maybe he develops, but, you know, we'll see on that. So listen, there's many ways that the Pistons could go with this Jeremy Grant deal. Um, you know, I know I, I threw out a few of those names, but also James Wiseman has been mentioned with the Warriors because they haven't been happy with him. I wouldn't mind a trade like that. Um, I know in a, in, with the Warriors, I think they've been saying like it would be Wiseman and then Moses Moody, or as Kendrick Perkins says, Kendrick Perkins says, Modi, Modi, Moody, Moses, Moody, Modi, Modi, Moody. <laughs> you guys see that on the draft night? <laughs> yeah. Moses, Modi, Modi, Moses, Modi. <laughs> Wait, no, okay, I, I have a- Sorry, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think, you know, guys like that make sense because they're young players that you can, you know, try to develop for the future and see where it goes. And then maybe they can get, you know, a first round pick on top of that. Maybe not. But yeah, I think those make sense. I was going to ask because I, I totally forgot. What about Marvin Bagley? Well, if they get, are you saying like from a Jeremy Grant trade? Yeah. Okay, or, they get or, Bagley, or just get or just get him. Oh, okay. So either way, I, I'd be for it for sure, Marvin Bagley, because listen, the Pistons are at a point where they don't really have many good players. So why not try to, you know, get as many high potential, maybe extremely low floor guys that you can get just so you can bank on them turning around their careers. So I think that makes sense. And he's at a position of need too. But I will say, if it's for Jeremy Grant and that type of trade, the Pistons better be getting a lot more, more too. Yeah. Like they, yeah, if it's Bagley, if they're getting Bagley back, they should be getting at least another first round pick, um, and then maybe even another player on top of that. But yeah, I'd be for it with Bagley. I will say, like, this is kind of a consideration. Like, I was gonna ask you guys, what do you guys think about the need for like veterans on this? So, this there's this one trade for Jeremy Grant with the Hawks, who I think are really intriguing because you could get a player like Cam Reddish, and then you could get a player like Onyeka Kongwu, who's the sixth pick in the 2020 draft. And you could get these young players. You said James Wiseman, but what what I was thinking was just like I I was just thinking about like a, from a team building perspective. At what point do you say, like, we have too many projects on this team and, like, they got to learn from somebody. They need, like, the, the, the value of Jeremy Grant to this team was that he provided, in a sense, stability. And that's kind of what they had last year, too, with Mason Plumlee. I know Mason Plumlee wasn't the most fun to watch, but him and, like, DeLon Wright provided a sense of, like, stability in the sense for the Pistons. So I think Miles Turner, in a sense, kind of provides that because he's kind of he's kind of on the older sense. But, like... Even like something like if you're going with like the Utah Jazz or something and you're getting back a player like Joe Ingles or Bogdanovich and like draft picks, like those are players that in a sense could help you with stability. Or one trade, which I thought was interesting, was with the Phoenix Suns where they give you first, but they give you a player like Cam Johnson. And I think like, sure, Cam Johnson isn't a player that I know they, okay, they need a center. That's, 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 that's that's a fact. But like, I know Cam Johnson isn't a player that you think high upside, but just like, there, there is something to be said about like having winning basketball players. Like you can look at them. I'm coming at you, Trey Lyles, but you can look at Trey Lyles. You can see he's not a winning basketball player. Like um, when I think about winning, like, I, like Russell Westbrook with the Lakers, like Russell Westbrook is a talented player. He gets triple doubles, but do you ever think he's going to win a championship? I don't think he will. So it's like those types of players like Cam Johnson, like 
what do you guys think about the value of those? Or do you guys think they should try to get more young assets and then maybe try to sign vets like from like the waivers or something? What do you guys think about that? I don't think, I think that matters. I mean, that's kind of why I put out Miles Turner. Um, just because, you know, like you're saying, you bring some stability rather than being a complete question mark. And so I definitely think that makes sense as well as it is important to have winning culture. You know, that's something that's been talked about in the NBA a lot with the great franchises like Miami, for example, you know, they, Miami never really, at least other than the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade era, um, or the big three era, um, you know, since then, and even kind of before that, they didn't have the best talent in the NBA. Definitely not. Frankly, I mean, when they made the playoffs in what, uh, the 2020 year, the COVID year that they made it all the way to the NBA finals, the talent on that team's roster was like literally, I would say about average in the NBA. And yet they took that team all the way to the finals. And that was because of one coaching and two, the, the heat culture that's always talked about. And that's because they're winners at the end of the day. And it's the same thing can be said of the Spurs who, even though they have literally no talent on this year's roster, they're not last like the Pistons. They're not complete garbage. Um, and so I think that matters. And so getting guys that have been a part of winning teams and, you know, have that sort of good attitude, that does matter. And I think getting, you know, stability definitely matters with guys like Miles Turner, um, you know, Yusuf Nurkic too, uh, those type of guys. I think it's, it's a hard, hard, uh, hard situation right now um, because yeah, you know, you're tanking, but also at the same time, like you just suck so bad. Like there's a difference between tanking <laughs> and then just being God awful and they're both, which is the, the worst part. So I think if you try to get like a vet right now to put a bandaid on it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad. Like I understand why, but also if you get a young guy, and just be like, you know what? We might be the worst team in NBA history, but so be it. And just try to get young guys. Then, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be mad at that either. Um, but yeah, again, just get get like a big man. And I know, I know the draft, like the lottery. Um, you can't be sure where you're going to pick, but you would think they're picking top three and they could get, you know, one of Paolo Banchero or uh, Jalen Duran. Cause I know, I know Chet's seven feet, but he's not going to play uh, four or five in the league. He'll be a three or like a wing. So I don't know. Chet at the wing? Yeah, Chad's gonna play wing. He's he's bro. He's not even. Chad, like Chad would not pounds. play center in the NBA. That dude would get no. killed. No, no. He's gonna barbecue be like chicken. chicken. Barbecue he's chicken every night. He's on gonna that. be KD. He might be a white Durant. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know if they if they land Durant, that's fine. If they land uh, Banchero, that's fine. But Banchero's not even a center. He's a four. But yeah, they got they they just gotta figure something out and just they gotta stick with it. You can either put a band-aid on it for the rest of the season so you don't look god awful or you can look towards the future. So you know, and I think that's a good point, by the way, looking at the draft in the future and figuring out, you know, what you would do right now. Um, 
And one thing I'll say, by the way, is that Jeremy Grant, the reason why they also probably should get a deal done within the next month or two before the trade deadline is because, you know, a, a guy's value just dips tremendously when they only have a year left on their contract. And so Jeremy, after this year, will be entering his final year of his contract. And so if they can get that trade done, um, his value wouldn't really dip as much as it would doing it later in the year. And so I think it makes sense to make a trade right now. But kind of like you, what you were saying, though, Aiden, um, when you look at the draft in the future, in my opinion, I think the two best players in this draft right now are for sure Paolo Bancaro. Um, and then Jabari Smith from Auburn, six foot ten forward. I think those two guys make sense. Jalen Duran, I've I like his physicality. I like the way that that he plays, but I'm not really sure how his NBA fit is going to be, in, in terms of being like the more modern NBA center. So we'll we'll see on that. But like I said, I think the top two for sure, Paolo and then Jabari Smith. And so both of those guys can go into your you know, power forward role, maybe even the three, but Paolo is for sure a power forward in the NBA. And so I think when you're looking ahead at those type of draft picks, you should kind of try to build your team around them possibly. And so I know I'm stuck on, on this Miles Turner idea, but <laughs> if they made a trade like Jeremy for Miles Turner, and then I think they would also get someone small on top of that too. Um, this team, and assuming that they got like, the number one or number two pick, which again, it's pretty unlikely just with how the lottery works, but this team could have a core three of Cade Cunningham, Paolo Bancaro and Miles Turner. I think that's a great lineup. And one thing that we have always been talking about, by the way, has been athleticism. A guy like Miles Turner certainly brings that Paolo Banchero or Bancaro does too. And so, yeah, I think the Pistons, while it looks bad right now, they are in a good spot for the future. And that's something that we all should keep in mind while watching these just God awful games where the Pistons lose by, you know, one Oh six to 75 or whatever it'll be. So. One final question on the Jeremy Grant thing. If there is like, Neil, you've already alluded to Miles Turner, but like, is there one player that if you like, you'd want the Pistons to just have on their basketball team? Like for me, I would say, like my dream would be, I know I said the vet stability, but Kevin Durant, Kevin, <laughs> no, like be like from the trades. Like for me, it'd probably be like Patrick Williams from Chicago. Like if they could snag, I know he tore his ACL, but like that man's has like them wings, them six eight wings. Like that man's, I think has a lot of potential in him. And I mean, Troy Weaver is very interested in like, and I think would have drafted him at seven if he was available. And yeah, so Patrick Williams for me is like a player. If the Pistons could get him, I'd be. I'd be all over that. I'd be very excited. What about y'all? Do you have like a specific player that like, yes, when they make the trade? <laughs> this, this is going to be a weird, this is going to be weird. But I think that if they could make a trade for like with Washington and they could get someone like Daniel Gafford, like he's along, nice, dude. he's all right. Yeah. Along with like, I, I don't even know. Like, if you could get – I mean, they're not going to give up, like – I don't know. Like, I am i don't want Kyle Kuzma or anyone like that. But, like, if if uh, Denny Avija is, like, available or something, or if they just want, like, Kispert just because Kispert, like, he just 
adds more shooting. You don't, you want, even though, you don't want Corey Kispert. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I'm just saying, like, get get someone like Gafford who, like, is a true five, and, like, that is the only position he plays. I think I think that, that would be a solid grab. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, like LeBron, Kevin Durant, I'm, I'm thinking one of those guys probably be good. Maybe Luca. who knows? Yeah, for sure. Maybe even Steph. I mean, I know his value's dipped a little bit because he's not averaging 30. And I'm, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I just – I don't know. I think Miles Turner just makes so much sense. I do like the idea of, like, Cam Reddish and Onyeka – um, Aponkwu because those are two, you know, young pieces that you can, you know, put your future in a little bit. And I mean, Cam Reddish has been certainly disappointing this season, but um, he, he can always turn it around and be a solid wing player for them. So I think that would make sense too. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it would have to be uh, Miles Turner. I can't really think of too many other guys that in my opinion fit just so perfectly with the Pistons and like Kate Cunningham. Yeah. Well, regardless, if they make a trade, they're going to get someone and hopefully that player will help help the Pistons not win more games, but be more watchable. And this kind of gets into the next point. So shockingly, the Pistons did not get a Christmas day game. I don't know if there was something that went down in negotiations. Um, they did not get a Christmas day game, but we got five games that are, that are scheduled to happen. We'll see what happens with COVID and stuff, if they're going to reschedule it. But we figured in the honor of Christmas, we give our predictions for, for these Christmas Day games. We can go one by one at a time. So the first game is at noon. It's the New York Knicks, who the Pistons just lost to, versus the Atlanta Hawks. And I believe it's in Atlanta. So who are you guys taking for that game? Hawks. Atlanta easily. I mean... I know Aiden and I have been cooking on the Knicks for a while now, but they've already started to slide down the standings, which hasn't really been a surprise. So, yeah, I got Atlanta and Trey Young on primetime TV. Yeah, yeah, both teams both teams are struggling. Both teams actually have similar records. The Hawks are 14-16, the Knicks are 14-17. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little playoff rematch. I, I think the Hawks will probably prevail. Although hey, can, of- I, can I ask a Affleck trivia question? Yeah. Uh, when was the last time the Pistons played on Christmas Day? If you guys know. Oh, I couldn't tell you. That's a good question, though. I want to say 2005. Is it 2005? Yeah, you got it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not that surprising because it was the year after they won the championship. But, yeah, 2005. Like, it's been 16 years. <laughs> Since they were relevant. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, for sure. But, I don't uh, hate having the day off, though. Like, if if I'm them, like, just chill at home. Yeah, from a player's perspective, work. it kind of sucks to, like, yeah, yeah, have to cover. And even for, like, journalists and stuff and everyone that's involved, they have to, like, support to come out, lead their family and stuff. That's <laughs> tough. But, all right, so then the next game, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at the Boston Celtics. And I do not know who's healthy and who's not. I don't, I don't know if Gian, I think Giannis is still in protocols. I believe um, – I don't think the Celtics have COVID issues that I'm aware of. It's, I think, though, the Bucks have just Drew and Chris Milton. Who do you guys take for that one? It's still – I think I'm still going to take the Bucks. I don't think the Celtics are 
very good this year. And it's just a two, it's a two man team with Jalen Brown Tatum. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason I, I don't know why I thought that Giannis would be back by now. But yeah, you're right that there's not really any reports. I think he's actually out tonight for sure. Um but I'll say if Giannis is playing the Bucks, if not, I'd go Celtics. I'd probably say Bucks. The Celtics are kind of disappointing given like they have literally the two best, one of the two best wings in the like they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like they're not like the best wings, but they're like could argue like top five, top six. Like I don't know. I feel like Brad Stevens, you know, they're giving him too much, too much leeway. But uh <laughs> that gets into our next game. Uh, at five o'clock, the Phoenix Suns at the Golden State Warriors. I do not know though if this matchup was like, I don't know if this was originally scheduled. It probably was, but I don't think they intended it to be like. I don't think they expected the Warriors and the Suns to be like battling out for the one and two spots. I don't think anyone really saw that coming. So, who do you guys take for this one? Warriors, book it. Warriors. I think I think Warriors as well is a safe pick. You know, Steph Curry always showing out on Christmas Day has to do it for the family. <laughs> then we go out to 8 p.m. We're in Brooklyn as the Los Angeles Lakers take on. Are they the Brooklyn Nets? Are they the old Nets? The depleted Nets? Is it even a basketball team? As Richard Jefferson says, these are two G League teams playing. All the Lakers are not. They're healthy. That they're still a G League team. Who do you guys take? The Lakers or the Nets? I got Brooklyn, man. KD, my MVP pick from the start of the year. He's been showing out this season. Um, and the, the retirement home Lakers have been struggling a little bit. And, yeah, I got I got KD and James Harden in the Nets. Not really any arguments in any of these picks. Yeah, I'm going Brooklyn. I think I'm going to go. I honestly think – I actually don't know what the health status is on the Brooklyn Nets. Like, is KD and James – I think they're out, aren't they, because of COVID and stuff? Oh, wait, I forgot about that, dude. That Kyrie came back and got COVID with KD. And how, how, how classic of that. He comes Harden back. might be back, I think, though. Well, if they're, if they're not back, I think the Lakers would have to win this game. Like, if they don't, that's just, well, yeah. that's just disrespectful to the franchise. But uh, if KD and all are playing, I think the Nets handle them easily. Uh, dude, I – I don't know if Kevin Durant's playing. There's there's a lot of reports saying that he's out tonight too, and it looks like he might not be playing on Christmas Day. Man, that's that's tragic. LeBron getting another Mickey Mouse win, man. Come yeah, on. just the Mickey Mouse win. Mickey Mouse. He, he had a Ooh, Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Clock. He Mickey Mouse clocked Isaiah Stewart and just like this is all Mickey Mouse. But uh, this leads us to the final game: the Utah Jazz taking on the Dallas Mavericks. I believe the Mavericks are – bro, the Mavericks are playing a 10.30 oh, – they're in, in Central, but 9.30 p.m. at home. That's a quite quite the late start for Luka. No, it's, it's at Utah. It's in Utah? Yeah. Okay, okay. I guess the, the way I've been reading this has been – they haven't been showing – Yeah, Vinay, you've been reading these completely wrong. <laughs> the next game is at Madison Square Garden. Bucks are at home. So. Does, that change, <laughs> does that change your predictions? No, no okay. not, not for me at least. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to the viewers that I've just completely messed up the home and away teams. But who do you guys have, Utah or Dallas? Uh, I got Utah, my boy Spider Mitchell. Donovan always shows up for the the big TV primetime games, and so I got Utah on that one. 
I'm gonna pick Dallas. I'm gonna go against everyone. I think I think uh, Luca and Porzingis have been playing a lot better together, and they're starting to figure stuff out. So we'll we'll see. But I'm I'm gonna go Dallas. And breaking news, Justin. I just checked this in. Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic, and NBA protocols before the Christmas game. <laughs> God damn it. All right, I guess I'm going Utah. <laughs> he's had kind of like a – it's not been as bad. He's had a solid season, but I guess it's not like – I had him as like an MVP candidate, but um, looks like it's not been – I know Porzingis has played much better, but, yeah, I think you have to go Utah. Utah is always, you know, regular season Utah Jazz. is Playoff Utah Jazz. Regular season champs, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playoffs. Maybe not, but in the regular season, they taking dubs. So, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Three Rings podcast. Um, we hope you all enjoyed. Um, this was a pretty fun episode. We got to talk about the Pistons and how trash they are. We got to talk about trades and the NBA Christmas. Do you guys have any final words before we wrap up the pod? Uh, Michigan's beating Georgia. Yes. And Hunter Dickinson for, for the number one pick. <laughs> and Hayden, Hayden Hutchinson. Hunter, Hunter Dickinson for the number one pick? Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, you don't want – you want that seven-foot center, can do it all, can be in the paint, can back up. <laughs> um, no. I mean, if you keep watching the Pistons like the rest of us, then you're a sicko. Just – I mean, we're all sickos, I guess. And, but this team can be – very unbearable and i don't know why they're televised yeah i do wonder sometimes like how they how they market these games like i bet the ticketing sales department is just having a hard time making these offers be like you know come out and watch the pistons it's it's tough now how do you, how do you think greg kelser and george blaha feel like they have to go there every <laughs> night and watch that shit in person. Greg is Bro, and I feel I feel bad for my man George because he's getting up there. He's getting up there just age. aren't getting good teams, man. <laughs> he's just like one day I'll get to see him before I retire, bro. Like before smooth Johnny Kane takes his spot. You know, Johnny Kane's coming. <laughs> watch out for Johnny Kane. <laughs> but yeah, hey, and then you always got Brooke Fletcher too. Brooke Fletcher, I mean, the future is there, not even for the Pistons, but for the reporting cast as well. But yeah, yeah honestly, but- hey, in terms of rebuilds, I mean, Bally Sports Detroit, they're kind of on the come up compared to the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but on that note, that's going to wrap it up for the Three Rings Pods. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on socials, and we'll see y'all in the next one. Peace. Hi again, subscribe.